Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, and I'm your TV guy, Brett White. And I'm a senior reporter, producer for Desire.com. And when I'm in drag, I am known as Barb Hardly. Uh, say hello to the Doc Brown to my Marty McFly, Ethan K. Hello, Ethan. Great Scott! Where's Barb? <laughs> Barb, uh, Barb is not here. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it was just I'm tired. <laughs> some days we don't do Barb. Some days we don't feel like Barb. Some days we we, some we da- don't feel like Brett. You feel like a nut sometimes. Yeah, no, nah, just it takes a long time. But I will point out, just listeners, I am still wearing heels. Okay. <laughs> so, ah, just I- so. Can I tell you that, that I've recorded all of these podcasts so far barefoot? Hey. Not even socks. Just man. Nope. Not well, even going which is honestly the ideal way to watch television. That's, um, how, we That's how we live now. Yeah. Uh, we whereas I've recorded the other four episodes. I am proud of myself for doing four straight episodes of drag. I mean, I just started doing drag at the end of June. So kudos to me. Kudos to you. <laughs> and kudos to the fact that that. Of those four outfits that everybody saw on our YouTube channel, on, yeah. Yeah, on the Must Have Seen TV YouTube channel, they are not all of the outfits that are out there. They're, they're not all the pictures of Barb that are on Barb's Instagram. I have so many. So follow Barb Hardly on Instagram, uh, Barb Hardly, because I still have a lot more looks to to wear. And I made the mistake of making an eBay uh, save search for my exact gown size. Like vintage gowns under a hundred dollars, uh, size XL or like you know, a 32 waist, etc. And there was one that came up today that's very Ava Gabor. And I, oh man, I, I might the I, uh, my first, I, I edited my first drag mix, I did my first uh, drag mashup song that I'm going to perform to that I'm going to do a number to, and Ooh. it's a Green Acres number. And so it's like, I, 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 I really need to but i'm trying to not spend money anyway <laughs> uh so you're gonna need such as life you're, you're gonna need her income to pay for i'm gonna need that hungarian heiress uh income <laughs> uh what are you watching ethan what's 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 a i mean what's the name for this must see tv but that's must, that's a thing must be seeing tv must be seeing <laughs> um i I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Rings of Power on Amazon is so cool. 
Yeah, I watched it. I watched the first. Well, there's only two out, so I watched those. We might watch them again because <laughs> this is. Uh, I've I enjoyed the movies. Didn't really read the books. Megan read all the books, all the supplemental histories of Middle Earth. She can cite it chapter and verse, which she mm. has been doing since we saw those episodes. Wait, so is she into because like this is not a story that has been told before, but all right. of these characters and like the locales and like hierarchies and like social structures have been apart and been established. Yeah. Wow. So is we're wondering, will this eventually tie into something? Like how Gotham turned like a Gotham eventually <laughs> in season five got the the no man's land storyline in oh, there. Yeah. Um well so also this is not so this has literally no affiliation with the movies because it's not a Peter Jackson joint. So but like it's it's just but be but like it yeah. So it that's on, what I'm trying to think about. I feel about. like it honors that material. Mm-hmm. It honors that material in some ways that like visually it's, it's in the same aesthetically. Yeah. Yeah. Aesthetically. Um, But we're really enjoying it. Like I could like just watching the regular Lord of the Rings films. I don't care about Galadriel. I don't care about Elrond. Suddenly I'm like, yeah, Galadriel. Yeah. Elrond. Well, they aren't doing much in the, that original trilogy. I don't think. Right. No, people just come to them. Yeah. They just (laughs) stand around. Yeah. No, now, now uh, Galadriel's like climbing mountains and like beating people up and, yeah. Jumping off of boats in the middle of the ocean. I'm like, bitch, you better hope someone comes by. Like party barge come by. Elrond challenges a dwarf to a rock breaking fight. Yeah. You know, so there's stuff going on. Uh, oh, speaking of rock breaking fights, I've watched the first two episodes of House of Hammer on Discovery Plus, which House is. Of- House of it's Hammer. The, it's the Army Hammer uh, expose documentary oh. about because he is from a long line of uh, alleged rapists and a uh, content warning for just all sorts oh. of horrible shit on that. Uh, yeah, no, Army Hammer. Uh, so it's part of a really interesting wave of uh, documentaries and docuseries that are all coming out right now that are. <laughs> Uh, basically like oh while you were freaking out about everything else in 2020 2021 all this was happening so like i knew that army hammer was exposed as like a horrible like shady dm sender and like you know professed cannibal and really into non-consensual bdsm which is the not cool kind of bdsm i did not know that he actually like women actually did come forward and accuse him irl on camera of actual uh sexual crimes because our news cycles weren't uh doing any of that stuff so it's a it's a wild watch and it goes all the way back to his great-grandfather who was an oil tycoon um so he comes from like the people who have a lot of money look up to the the hammer family as like oh no those people have a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is something out of like a Garth Ennis preacher story. Yeah. Where they're like, they're like some weird, like weird family, the hammer family. Oh yeah. And the name that, and everything. Like, yeah. That, that makes me, that's what I, I get out of this. Yeah. That it's a sub chapter of preacher. Yeah. And what else is, is anything else coming out this week? No, I mean, that's, that's the, that's what I watched over the weekend that end rings of power, um, rings of power. And then, and then Megan and I rewatched the entire extended edition, Lord of the Rings, which is a commitment. It it's good. It's so good. Still has anyone, has anyone re-edited all of that footage into like 45 minute long? Every time I watch anything like that, I'm like, what if you re-edited this to be a TV series? 
in like 45 minute episodes because it would probably be what like 15 <laughs> it'd probably it be like 12 yeah, 45 because, minute episodes or something crazy i don't even remember how long Re- return of the king was the extended edition because it is long like we, yeah. we we just kept watching we hadn't even finished the first disc we're watching on dvd not blu-ray um kind of like multi- they haven't even gotten to the battle yet and we're still just like we've been watching for two hours <laughs> uh fortunately sitcoms never last that long um but the could- sitcom that we did watch lasted yeah. until uh 2002 went six seasons six seasons spinning around all the city uh i do want to i do want to shout out we have one listener interaction uh, kathy brewer on instagram uh yes! said just listen to the bosom buddies episode and the reporter character was so over the top because he was supposed to be like geraldo rivera which of course that makes total sense. Uh, there's a really good podcast called, um, oh God, One Year. Uh, and every single season, is a, they focus on a different year. They did 77. They did 92, I think. And now they're on 86. And the most recent episode uh, was the Al Capone vault. Uh, it was like a, a, all about that fiasco. And so it got into all the Geraldo Rivera stuff about like, man, they they, they said like, there was, since they had two hours to fill, they were doing all this like documentary kind of footage of just like, here's how gangsters lived in the 30s. Here's Al Capone use a Tommy gun. And Geraldo's like, I want to fire the gun. And they're like, uh, we're going to use uh, blanks. He's like, no, no, this is a documentary. It's about realism. I want to use real ammunition. So they like gave him the like soft tip, like light and like, I don't know, and ammunition light. And they were like, and the guy was just like, okay, well, just stand here and shoot at that wall in this abandoned gym. Like, do not move. <laughs> and what does uh, Geraldo do live on air is start firing the Tommy gun. And then after a couple of seconds, just start barreling towards the wall of the gym, just firing the Tommy gun the entire way, apparently. And they're oh. just like, Geraldo was just a loose cannon that you could not control. <laughs> so that makes total sense. Yeah, I don't I. I I remember he was he was a big deal in the 80s. Now he's just kind of been a correspondent for a bunch of stuff and bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he um he was part of that, you know, wave of like Maury Povich and uh, Geraldo Rivera, Phil Donahue, that, Morton talk, Downey sh- Jr. that yeah. talk show uh, host wave of the 90s that just completely disappeared. Like that entire phenomenon is no more, really. It went through a re- like a big it went through a big time in the nineties. You had oh, God, yeah. Springer, you had Ricky Lake, you had Hot soup, baby. Yeah. It was, a, it was a formative comedy influence. And like the Western, it is it's still around, but do you, I mean, I guess cause we have YouTube and TikTok and stuff now because all those shows were like, I live next door to clan members or my boss is always on Quaaludes or <laughs> like, it was always just wild uh you know my teenager wants to get pregnant right now like that that was a stuff. that was a regular thing yeah my i'm gonna say mid 90s yeah i'm 16 pregnant. years there's that one infamous clip of like i i don't want to have one kid i want to have one two three kids i'll buy them all the beanie babies they want like i can't remember it was i just remember that's probably problematic in retrospect. But anyway, hey, this is actually the era that we're traveling to because this week (laughs) we'll be traveling to February 23rd, 1999. Payback rolled the box office. Angel of Mine by Monica topped the charts and ABC aired the Spin City episode Back to the Future for Judgment Day. Ethan, you must have seen Back to the Future for Judgment Day before today. I have not. 
but I, I did see some spin city when it was, when it was on, it was, it was a time when I was, you know, watching TV this and is, spin city, yeah. spin city. I never watched spin city because I was an NBC. Like I had brand loyalty. I had network loyalty at this point, but this is like, uh, I want to say like, this is probably the last golden. This is the last golden era of network sitcoms. Is this like nine, like turn of the century? Because like, you have the, the Friends is still going strong. Will and Grace and Frazier are all on NBC. Home Improvement is still on. Yep. Uh, Spin City is on. Drew Carey is on. Like So ABC's popping off. There's stuff on CBS, I'm sure. Um, I didn't look to see. <laughs> um, uh, but CBS it's like was, I was I was obsessed with, uh, you know, my, my lineups and whatnot. And, and my, my network loyalty meant that I never really watched Spin City. But I was aware enough. Um, it's full of actors who was just like, oh, yeah, that guy, that guy. <laughs> and I think it was good for that because even the people who were just starting out became names. Oh, yeah, and the Connie people... Britton's in this episode. Yeah, Connie Britton's in this episode. Uh, yeah, Connie Britton's totally in this episode. Um, Jennifer Esposito, mm-hmm. uh, who it was, this was like a big break for her. She And then she did uh, Summer of Sam and she's, her career keep, keeps going. Uh, and then it had like very established actors, Barry Bostwick, Alan yeah. Ruck, uh, Richard Kind. Richard Kind, get ready for a lot of Richard Kind appreciation yeah. from me. <laughs> it was so, th- this episode was it just had not only did it have this great cast, it had guest stars who were oh, great. Like Priscilla was, Presley is in this episode. Yeah, Priscilla that's Presley, wild and then, stuff. And then the 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 big show, which is Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, it, all all star cast. It does seem like that's the kind of stunt you pull in season three. This is February, so this is sweeps. This is February sweeps. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, they were like, we're going, which is wild that I do not remember. So like Back to the Future, let's talk about that. I mean, like Back to the Future for a time <laughs> was like my favorite trilogy. Uh, even after watching Star Wars for a while, I was like, Back to the Future is my jam. I love Back to the Future 3, which is the one that everyone maligns for some reason. Can you believe I've only seen Back to the Future 3 once in the theater? Oh, wow. I've seen one a bunch of times. I've seen two a bunch of times. I've only seen three once. See it again. It's, you know, I don't, I do not know why that was my favorite as a kid. Probably because two is dark. Two is upsetting. Two is real. It goes, when you get into any kind of alternate future or past, that's where it usually loses me. Anytime a comic book does like a time thing. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like that stuff. I'm I also don't like flash. I don't like the um even the version of the future they show is just like oh <laughs> yeah uh, and now we're living in a I would rather live in that future uh, to be honest <laughs> yeah, whatever <laughs> one thing I love about Spin City in you know comparison to everything else Home Improvement it's it's like a it's a it's a TV show it's kind of low stakes Friends they're just friends Spin <laughs> City is all of New York. Uh, yeah, it's a big concept for for a, you know, for a sitcom. I mean, like, yeah, it's pretty nuts. But you have this great cast. You have this like the stakes are high. The writing is great. I I happen to really like Spin City. I just I just do. Have you been watching it on Pluto? Well, that's where I saw this episode. Uh, so if, in, in case people want to see yeah. this episode or any other episode of Spin City, they are available on Pluto. Pluto's on demand selections. So you know, Hulu has been 
axing its classic television for a very long time. Hulu was the best place to go if you like classic sitcoms. And now it is uh, times they are changing. It's best to buy all this stuff on DVD because there ain't no guarantee. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that used to be on Hulu is now on uh, Pluto. So you have to watch commercials, which I did note what I got shown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I noted two um, of them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd say check out Pluto. Webster's on there. I can finally see the other John Aston guest appearance, hopefully. <laughs> um, so and yeah, uh, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Spin City episode, Back to the Future for Judgment Day. It's the 18th episode of season three, and it was written by David S. Rosenthal and directed by Andy Cadiff. Here's how Pluto TV describes the episode. Mike's political mentor makes an appearance. Stacy's aunt becomes attracted to James. Carter asks Paul to care for his dog. Ethan, how accurate is that description? It's very accurate, but at the same time, no spice, no yeah, season. No, and this, I mean... I did not. So first of all, the overall note is I did not know how spicy Spin City was like. This is almost uh, ludicrous because <laughs> <laughs> like as a kid, you know, when this was on, I always equated the Spin City with like a Frasier that it was more like highfalutin New York City. We're in the mayor's office like we're going to have smart cerebral comedy. And I was like, I like Third Rock from the Sun and Drew Carey. <laughs> but this was silly. <laughs> well, speaking of Drew Carey. Uh, Drew Carey, the, the producer of Spin City, Gary David Goldberg, uh, was met. No, I'm sorry, Bill Lawrence. Uh, Bill Lawrence is married to Krista Miller, who was married to Krista Miller from from uh, from, from Drew, Drew Carey, who's also in Cougar Town, which was produced by uh, Bill Lawrence. Um, I didn't realize this was like a Bill or Bill, like an early Bill Lawrence uh, joint pre scrubs. This was, this was like him busting out the doors yeah. with with all of Spin City. And also with uh, Gary David Goldberg, who was the producer and creator of Family Ties. He passed yeah. away in 2013, uh, which I, I learned his his first big role uh, on camera was in Israel as part of an educational series called The Adventures of Scooter Man. And he played Scooter Man. I don't know much about it, but that was his Is um, an anthropomorphic scooter. I hope so. God, I hope so. Okay, so Siri just <laughs> Siri Siri just activated on my <laughs> laptop. Uh, I found this on the web for anthropomorphic scooter. <laughs> anthropomorphic fish riding a scooter poster. Scooter's expression sheet by Timery Deviant Art. No, okay, well, so nope. I did not even know Siri was activated on my laptop because I don't use Siri. I'm not a Siri person anyway. So Gary David Goldberg, mm. um, you know. Big name in, in television. He did a lot of other things. He did Brooklyn Bridge, which is kind of like a kind mm. of a forgotten show. Um, but he uh, later he got named in not a in, in an age discrimination lawsuit. Okay. If we like to bring up some 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 scandal, it may not be Army Hammer eating. Yeah, yeah. So far, people. this is like nothing. <laughs> But uh, a group of writers all over the age of 40 uh, came at a bunch of networks and said, you are discriminating against us. And the name that came up the most apparently was Gary David Goldberg uh, with and they said that no one on the staff of Sin City and the writing staff of Sin City is over the age of 29, which this episode is incorrect because the writer, David Rosenthal, uh, I believe, was 30 or 31 when he wrote That's this. Why? It's a weird because you would think that the older a producer would become, they would just naturally be hiring an older and older writing staff because that's their yeah. peers and stuff. So it is weird that he was, 
I mean, hot for the new talent, but how hot? That's the problem. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so this episode begins with, I have like no actor names. I barely got character names. This show has a huge cast. And for this being the first full episode of Spin City, I've watched in, I don't know, 20 years. The cobwebs are dusting off the gay guy, Carter. Carter. Be, the cold open is him bringing in his oversized chihuahua named Rags uh, into the office. An and, ugly, ugly dog. So cute. But it's like the ugly kind of cute. It's like it's, the Instagram famous kind of cute. It's an ugly dog. Yeah, like, it is an objectively an hideous dog. dog. And therefore, it is the cutest dog. <laughs> uh, to which Michael, who is played by Michael J. Fox, legend and icon, says, oh, the new Star Wars creatures are out. Which is an interesting... Uh, joke because it's not like star wars regularly releases creatures <laughs> but well, i mean it, it was it was also february, february Menace is coming yeah yeah so the prequels i i sorry i jumped in on you yeah prequels were coming out you were getting some press there was that Van- vanity fair cover where they had a couple of the the prequel uh yeah. aliens and characters in there he does i will say that rags does look like a busted wicket <laughs> like it does if, if he'd gone through some hard times yeah and, it's like uh, wicked where are they now <laughs> uh, there's an ugly ugly dog and he brings it into uh richard kind well first first he's bring, he's bringing it into michael's office oh. and michael brings out the sign that says i've been waiting a long time to use this sign and he slams it down and says no suicidal dogs because last time rags was in the office he humped the paper shredder <laughs> <laughs> which this is establishing that rags being suicidal is actually a running joke, which again, I have not seen this show in so long. I honestly thought this was rags first appearance until uh trigger warning, the in memoriam montage <laughs> later on, but also trigger warning or spoiler warning. It doesn't stick. He's fine. <laughs> we get, um, we get the suicidal dog attempting to lick a light socket. Yes. A, la- uh, a lamp with no bulb, I think, is what's on. Like, is that what that, that was? That was a way that people would do it. They would like yeah. wet their finger and stick it in the um, the light I, socket. I, that we do we do not advocate doing that. No, and <laughs> that, maybe that's no, a, no, no, no. Third bad. trigger warning of the show. Yeah, God, this is a really harsh one. Um, I will also say that one of the first things I noticed um in this episode is how much I detest late '90s suits. I. It's just the worst. The like everything about the collar on the shirt being so long and pointy and like just the boxiness of all the cuts of the jackets. It's just and everything looks cheap. Everything, even on this show where ostensibly they had a wardrobe department and had a budget. uh, It just all looks like Sears garbage. (laughs) I can I can throw in some, some more fuel to that fire. I also noticed that virtually no one changed clothes, even though the show took place over multiple days. Man, if they're saving on, they could buy one good suit. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Lloyd wore one suit the entire thing. One suit and, and one tie. And that tie, that tie was a tip off. Uh, we'll get to it in a second, I yeah. guess. Um, so then we get the theme song, which like I... It is like Blues Traveler scored the Kids in the Hall opening credits, but five years after it was, either of those were cool. (laughs) The only thing that Megan said was, that's so 90s. And it was, it's all, it's all like uh, 
fast motion, fast pictures. You got some stock footage of some New Yorkers. You got the, the main cast kind of like looking cool and looking natural. And, and it, they're all in between like the Spin City logo is coming and they're all in the logo because it's like cut out yeah. and they're all like in it. And there's like flashes. I mean, and it's just like the honkinest harmonica, just like <laughs> honking on Bobo levels of harmonica. <laughs> did they, did, I, I don't even know if you know the answer. Did they change the opening later on? Oh, I mean, maybe they, this is season three. This is the one I remember, though. I do remember these opening credits. They had to change it because the cast changed. Yeah, a lot. Um, we got uh, last season's Charlie or last two is Charlie Sheen and Heather Locklear. Yeah, because because Michael J. Fox revealed his uh, multiple sclerosis. Right. Yeah. No, Parkinson's Parkinson's part of his Parkinson's. Jesus. Yeah, uh, his Parkinson's. He, he won an Emmy for this show, but Charlie Sheen also won a Golden Globe for this show. Oh, well. Uh, good for good for him. Interesting. <laughs> good stuff. for Charlie. It, it, interesting idea. Uh, so then now, okay, commercials that I got. So I got a commercials. I got commercials for uh, Dawn Power Wash detergent, uh, dish <laughs> detergent. Uh, Square, which is the thing that you use to buy things on your to sell things on your phone. Um, Ancestry.com, which bitch Pluto knows me well. I have it reminded me I need to go there and check out the 1950 census to see. Uh, because in 19 see where Hayden and Jess were living in 1950. <laughs> um, I also got a commercial for just Wheel of Fortune and then something called Instaflex. So they just need to mine were really specific to my locale. Oh god. Um I, the ones that stuck out were uh, a new Uncle Giuseppe's, which is a grocery store. Like that local? Jeez. Yeah. I didn't Uncle- know that these. I didn't know streaming services could get that close to home. And I got multiple BJ's ads for BJ's Wholesale Club. Uh, They have a really good ad campaign. Like, it's a guy outside of BJ's complaining about, you know, you don't need this convenience. You need to work for your your meat. And then his wife comes out and he's like, honey, she's like, I I don't know what to say. The prices are so good. And then it offers him some salami on a deli platter. (laughs) It was great. I'm Man, like, this- what is this? 1988? <laughs> That's women the classics. Be no. Women be shopping, men be annoying. That is stereotyped and wrong. And they did multiple ads about it where she is the smart one and he comes off looking like a bigot. Yeah, that's, you know, the bid. Um, <laughs> so then the episode proper starts. It starts with an establishing shot of the Twin Towers, which... Uh, so the, one of the most depressing things when I rewatched sports night, which uh, a long time ago, a couple was like, it is set in the twin towers. Like the establishing shot oh. for sports night is the twin towers. So t- do with that information, what you will, what was going on on sports night on nine 11. God, this is getting dark. Anyway, this is uh, becoming a Tumblr post. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the episode starts with uh stacy who is michael's secretary is that esposito is that yep, uh, jennifer esposito jennifer esposito is her and she's sassy she's like all secretaries were in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of street smart and sassy um she, i don't think she's she didn't start with the show she was kind of like a new mid okay. mid run pickup but she's great i i love her uh, no, her aunt is visiting and i had to look uh because the aunt much like every other character in that Bosom Buddies episode, the Ant is a big character 
in terms of like what she's got going on. And I was like, surely this is not her first episode because she's played by Priscilla Presley. No, she was in the one right before this. So this is part two of a two-parter with her. So I was like, okay, because when they reveal that she's like her aunt, probably a what 50 year old virgin and also played by Priscilla Presley. I was just like, what is going on with this character? They've said they've justified none of this. <laughs> I wish she, she might have even been younger. I don't know. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like she she looks the same age as Jennifer Esposito. I was like, Aunt, did I hear that correctly? Yeah. So now um, I need to watch the episode before this. <laughs> so it, her aunt was leaving. Uh, aunt was visiting. Aunt is leaving. But someone's but, caught her eye. Yeah, someone's caught her eye. Uh, James, played by Alexander Chaplin. Um, <laughs> what is? It, what's he done since this? Where's the? He's done a, a little things. I think he's done more theater. Uh, but I did learn his first appear. His first television credit um, was uh, he was on the first episode of Homicide: Life in the Street uh, as a prostitute turned strangler. He was a prostitute. Earn Strangler. Hell yeah. Good. Good for him. And well, he's also kind of a stripper in this episode. Whoa. In this episode, he's a bit of a stripper. <laughs> uh, but this, so this also reminded me of how like the cast is huge and they really hit like all of the archetypes. I mean, I almost wonder if you could map them onto news radio. There's because like then you got the nerd, you got the like the sociopath uh, played by Alan Ruck. And you got like the the uptight kind of like proper guy, uh, the Carter. Uh, mm. You got the weirdo, Paul, uh, Richard Kind. Uh, you know, like it's you got the sassy secretary played by Jennifer Esposito. Yep. Um, then you got like, I guess she's probably like the more like the leading lady, cool girl, which is the Connie Britton character, which we don't see much of in this episode. It's like they really do hit all of the tent poles of the late 90s uh, sitcom cast. I love, too, that everybody is a great character. They embody these roles so well. Uh, Everybody is funny. Everybody's got jokes. Like it's, and you're watching these characters that you've seen like for, for forever. Barry Bostwick. uh, Yeah. Rocky horror, man. Alan Ruck, uh, Ferris Bueller, Bueller. uh, which I learned he was 29 when he was in that. Oh, he's yeah, and now he's on secession, and he's—I mean—he's like deceptively old. <laughs> he's excellent, though. He's isn't absolutely... he like the, he's like the same age as Brian Cox or something? Like, I mean, yeah. they're both in their seventies. I think. All, I think he's all amazing. Yeah, wild. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can't stop. I, I have to got, stop gushing over the cast because I just thought it's a good cast. I mean, the, it's good. Like, you get you have Michael J. Fox, and you could stop there, but they're like, no, let's actually like build him, build out a really good supporting cast around this icon of a and who shows up then is uh michael says that his old political mentor owen is coming by because he taught him how to like spin and like motivate and which he says like so uh guys up uh go go, go get ready <laughs> it's a fun yeah, undercut there's a, there's a i don't know how well we're describing this episode there's a very nebulously defined <laughs> project called the millennium millennium project, project because millennium kids, project because it's Gen what, Z, the millennium was a big deal. 1999 going into 2000, you had Y2K to worry about. You had, uh, is the world going to end? Yeah. 
Uh, my um my so my sophomore year of high school was uh, ninety nine to two thousand, and our yearbook that year was like riding the information superhighway, and it was like <laughs> black with like purple circuit boards all throughout it and stuff. It's like that. <laughs> so, Brett, I have to ask you, and uh, uh, what were you doing midnight, G- D- December twenty third, or December thirty first? December thirty first. No, for, so for Christmas Eve, Eve I was. Um, no, I, I was had my a birthday. I had a couple of my friends, like, you know, my high school friends over at my house. I mean, I'm uh, I'm 16. So, so we just like uh, hung out in my bedroom and like we walked around around via cul-de-sac or what, like the neighborhood. And then, yeah. And then, and then when midnight hit and we all looked at each other like, OK, we're still alive. Power's still on. Cool. <laughs> Go home now, well, I guess. So all the people in the cul-de-sac were like, it's it's midnight. People are going to attack the house. There they yeah. are in the cul-de-sac. Yeah, it was like the monsters were doing Maple Street. <laughs> yeah, they're here. <laughs> and where were you? Because you were older than me, so you could have gotten into mischief. I was older than me than you. I was um, my friend Kyle Torok uh, came down from uh, Wellsville, New York. Uh, here's my old pal from Pirate Theater. I have my Pirate Theater. Oh, yeah, and we we hung out smoking cigars in a hot tub. Uh, my, we have my my parents have a hot du- t- hot tub. He stayed with us, and it's midnight. And like, oh, it's midnight. Great. And then for some reason, in eastern Pennsylvania, fog came down over the city. So my parents live on the top of a hill. The fog came down over the city. So at midnight, suddenly all the lights in the town just seemed to go out. Oh my god! What timing. Oh, it was it was it was wild. And then we smoked cigars and we think we ate meat. Kyle's a, a vegan now, but I think we ate some meat. And then uh, yeah. it was a party. Yeah, and that, that's what the millennium was really like. But at the time, oh, boy. Oh, uh, yeah. So Christopher Lloyd is here. He's playing a character named Owen. And of course, when they see each other, there's like a plot. It's, of course, a big moment because it's Doc Brown and Marty McFly. And they, you know, it's like stepping back in time. Uh, men like us have to keep looking to the future. Like... <laughs> They, they, they threw do. that out. They had to. It was, you like you said, will, it was sweeps. Yeah. And what I, well, what I will say is like, aside from that, like, so I was expecting there to be like a time travel element or like a 50 sock, like just some more of a gimmick to really tie it to back to the future. But it's like, aside from those two jokes in the cold open, this part could be played by anyone. It could be played by anyone, but it is great that it's played by Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> I'm the 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 writer of this one, uh, David Rosenthal, only wrote out of all the episodes of Spin City, he only wrote two episodes. And oh this wow, is one of them. that's hmm. So I, I don't know if he <laughs> how this came about, but he only wrote two episodes of the entire show. If- it feels like the, this feels like the kind of script that they could write for like, okay, we got to get somewhere for a sweeps week. So just write a big guest spot with a big character. And then they yeah. brainstorm, who can we get? Who can we get? And they're tossing around. Like, we're going to get um the guy that played the dead on family ties. No, no, no. We're going to get, Gross. yeah, we're going to get Peter, uh, Peter Gross, right? Yeah. Michael, Gross. Michael, Michael Gross. Gross. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And then they got Christopher Lord and it's great. That's what I'm assuming. Um, so the episode proper begins like with the plot. Uh, so first of all, Christopher Lloyd's tie. I feel like that was the tip off that he is off his rocker because it is a it is a weird. It's like a yellow tie with a white sun 
like stretched out to where that it's like an oval and then there's a human face in the middle of the sun it's real strange it's like a stylized version of the the sun from teletubbies yes yeah it's like the it, baby it, sc- skull and then the baby head not a skull <laughs> definitely not the a baby, baby skull, skull in teletubbies <laughs> teletubbies baby a, skull sun fire you know yeah it's really disturbing and then he um they show up with donuts for the breakfast for the morning meeting and uh, Christopher Lloyd's character is like, well, let's pray over the donuts, which is another like, that's an interesting choice. They already had bagels. If you notice that there were oh. bagels on the table with, with, with spread and they brought a box of donuts and they were very excited about the donuts. Yeah. Cause I mean, come on. Donuts are great. Cause they're bagels with frosting. <laughs> we're looking at the details here, people. Yes. Uh, well, he- you can go to IMDb and get the three sentence description of the show, or you can listen to must have seen TV and you'll get yeah. those details like how no one changes clothes and there are bagels on a table. <laughs> well, also, if you go to the trivia section for this page, it's Christopher Lloyd played Doc Brown in the back of the film. It's like, bitch, I fucking know. <laughs> like, I don't think so. <laughs> this is not helpful. Um, so the nerd character does. He prays seriously. And I think this is a very good, a deft piece of writing because at first, like the fact that Owen is like, well, let's all hold hands and pray in this government office over the donuts is like a weird thing. But then when the nerd starts praying very, very seriously, Owen kind of like makes fun of him a little like he, so he kind of like deflates yeah. it. It's so like, okay, he might be like chill about it. it. might've been like a joke or who knows? Yeah. We don't, we don't know enough about Owen. We just know a little bit about his reputation as being a very good political figure, political character. Spin doctor. Spin a spin doctor. Yeah, which is a term that I didn't learn until I was an adult. Then it made that band's name make a lot more sense. So now we get to the scene where Carter brings Rags the dog to Richard Kind uh, because he's like, I need to hide the dog so that, you know, for the day. And then here's just like the laundry list of medical problems that you need to do, Richard Kind. Here's a bag full of drugs. And I'm going to walk you through each one and how it has to be applied to rags, the dog that is ugly. And which includes taking ointment and rubbing it on just his rectum, to which Paul says, I'm going to need more money. And this is where I want to talk about the MVP of literally any television program that features Richard Kind is Richard Kind's mouth. MVP always is that mouth, that big, funny mouth of his. I absolutely, I, I, I think he's great. He's great in everything. He plays the same thing in everything, which is oh, yeah. great. Uh, he used to eat at a restaurant that I'd go to on the Upper West Side. So I've seen him a couple times. You've seen the mouth in action. Doing I've something seen the other mouth than in talking. Action. He's he, mostly just talking. I'm not, I don't watch Richard Kind eat. So, oh, Mr. Kind, if you ever watch this uh, on YouTube, I have never seen you eat. I've just seen you walk into the restaurant and interact with staff. You seem very nice. Also, you were in <laughs> Gotham with Peter Scolari. Yes. Buddies well, Gotham, the secret glue. So this might be the first time I'm talking about Richard Kind. I must have seen TV, but like Richard Kind was... Well, say it with me, a formative crush <laughs> as a child, as a fucking child. Because um, I remember seeing him on Mad About You, uh, and this was like tattooed in my brain, for which is the clue that you're a homosexual. There's an episode, it's like episode one or two of Mad About You, so it's early, and him and all, all four of them 
Paul and Jamie and then Richard Kind and Richard Kind's wife, who's Jamie's best friend, are all going shopping at the mall and the men are off on their own thing and the women are doing their own thing. And for some reason, so Paul Buckman and uh, I can't remember what Richard Kind's name is. They found themselves in like the men's underwear section and they're standing looking at just like one of those mannequins that's just like from navel to thigh. And it's yeah. like a pair of like bright red bikini briefs. And then Richard Kind just touches them, but just says, I wear these. And then it's like, that's how the scene starts. Just, I wear these. And then Paul says, you, are you kidding? These are for men in Crete. <laughs> <laughs> and, but like the, like, God, it's just so weird. Uh, just like the thought of Richard Kind wearing those stuck with me forever in a good way. In a good way. Oh, God. Yeah, this is, hey, you get to know a lot. Um, I don't know. Other boys that age are probably watching Baywatch and being very, and I. <laughs> oh, yeah. And being, and being like very probably overt about the things. That yeah. And yeah. here I am. I'm feeling shame about the Richard Kind crush that I've harbored for 30 something years. <laughs> anyway, he's just he's a he's a delight. He's a weirdo. And I uh, like it. Um, I'm seeing him every oh, time he shows up. So the other thing I noticed and I want to talk about this. And I Carter, who is gay. So. It's never mentioned in this episode that he is gay, but he is wearing a red ribbon for AIDS yep. and his dog has a rainbow collar. And again, like those are two details that, like you have to be looking for. And I think that it's super cool that there is an episode of this of a series with a gay series regular in the late 90s where the fact that he's gay isn't the driving force of all of his jokes of like literally everything about him. I think that that is like, I don't know. We don't talk about Smith City enough in terms of being progressive like that. It's it, I, I, when I was doing a little bit of like looking back on this, it, it did get that reputation of this is a show that has a gay black yep. lead, and the jokes are not at his expense. That he is is not seen as any kind of other. There's no othering happening. Yeah, and uh, his relationship with Stuart, played by Alan Ruck, they're just friends. There, there's no, yeah. there's no friction. There's no, um, you know, queer baiting, anything like that. It is, it is just, this is a gay character and a straight character and they can just be cool. Which is interesting because like this overshadows, like, so Ellen came out like two years before this and this episode aired and like the problem with her show is after she came out, then literally every single episode and every single storyline, literally all became about like her being a lesbian which i want to say also good bold choice etc but like she she went from being a fully fleshed out character to just having this one thing um and then also on the air at this time is will and grace which i think like people uh, it like it successfully made everything about like will and jack being gay in a way that like they still did feel like realized characters and they're really funny. And like the jokes actually hit and it was trailblazing, but also like they were, they were gay and every single like line of yeah. dialogue and plot had to do with that mostly um, while still like pulling it off and being very good. And so it's interesting that like spin city exists in the middle of these two, where it's like as a series regular, you really get to explore Carter's character, his personality. Sometimes I'm, I'm assuming there are sometimes plots that center around him being gay uh, or that it's mentioned every now and then. Um, but you also get to see him do episodes like this, where his entire uh, character is built around a, a farting dog, a gross little dog. Who's a gross little dog. A little gross little dog. Uh, 
So then we, we now we get the Barry Bostwick comes in, uh, the mayor. Um, there's a really quick scene that he's dating Janelle, who is his secretary. Yeah, I, I want to say that that that's probably explored in previous and later episodes. Yeah, like it, it's kind of like let's keep this plate spinning while we move on to other entrees. Because this was, you know, this might have been something where, um, the writer having only written two episodes. Oh yeah maybe didn't want to get involved in any of the big season long arcs just wanted to come and do maybe a little bit. Maybe he, I I don't know if he wrote the episode with Priscilla Presley that preceded this one, but kind of like get in with those, those, those sweeps episodes. Priscilla Presley's here. Christopher Lloyd's here. And then like, not like acknowledge that. Yes. uh, Michael J. Fox and Connie Britton are dating. And uh, Barry Bostwick and Victoria Dillard are dating. Um, it just it just hit me. Do we need to explain who Priscilla Presley is? Because I be, like that is the thing that like we being our age are like yeah Priscilla Presley, Elvis Presley's daughter. She was married to Michael Jackson for a hot second. No, right? no, 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 no. That's Lisa Marie. Priscilla it's was Lisa, Elvis. Oh my wife. gosh. Yeah, yeah geez, was, <laughs> the guy you didn't have to explain to me. Now, Priscilla, Priscilla was, was Elvis's was, wife. Yes, mother. Michael of, Jackson's mother-in-law for a hot second. <laughs> uh, yeah, she. She kind of got out of his shadow a little bit uh, by doing the Naked Gun movies. All right. Uh, which was a spinoff of, well, the, the movie versions of Police Squad starring Leslie mm-hmm. Nielsen, uh, which are amazing comedies to this day, both Police Squad and Naked Gun. Uh, Police Squad, I'd say even more than Naked Gun, if you can believe it. Well, <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's it is so just, good. but like, it's really wild to think about like the Elvis mania. And this is hey, we're not talking about the Boz Lerman Elvis stuff. Like, you know, that's new. We're <laughs> talking about classic 90s Elvis nostalgia where Elvis had been dead for 13 plus years, but yet was everywhere. There was, I remember I had a book about just like memorabilia of his. Um, there was the Elvis stamp voting mm-hmm. you want young elvis or do you want old elvis for the postage stamp oh and yeah they want young elvis they voted and for- also i mean uncle jesse <laughs> your john stamos is <laughs> keeping elvis's memory alive have mercy so yeah like it was so having priscilla presley on is actually a big deal yeah uh and she handles herself very well <laughs> for a very strange plot that we're gonna go very get. strange um, are, they, are they b plot are they c plot i don't know it honestly this episode is crammed full for at one point i was like how many plots are going on in this and i was like there's just three but like jesus um so like the, now we get the meeting of the two mentors and like they're both kind of like soft being like well obviously i influenced him more because he once told me and they Turns out Michael has told both of them the exact same uh, praise. I didn't write down what the praise was, but they say it at the same time. And it's it's funny. It's something uh, to deliver, like when I met you, all I could do was crawl. In oh, yeah, no. and now I walk like a man or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so now now we are at uh, I think this is where there's like an act break. So we get I got more commercials probably for the joints the joint medication for the, the will of fortune uh because i am very old. well yeah i mean those are my interests but then um, but then do we get to james's apartment yeah this, this, then we're at james's apartment at this and now let's so so, so 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 my notes let's read because i don't oh so nerd is dot 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 hooking up with secretary's aunt james wait is she a virgin is she her aunt what is happening? Who is this woman? 
<laughs> because I'm like, then, then she says, like, I don't even know how long sex is supposed to take. Like, and then he's like, oh, between six, seven minutes, I can get you done half the time. I was like, but back, 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 back the truck up. Like, if you it, it's it's an improv note. I feel like I'm an improv teacher and I'm these this is 101, and these two people are now doing a scene where they've initiated. I'm like, no, if you establish that you were hooking up with a and you're like a 20 something guy and this is a 50 something woman and she's a virgin like you have you have to address that especially because she's introduced as the aunt of his co-worker like and not to say like that you know everyone has to have sex by the age of 50 or 60 but it is like a very strange also because the way that she talks is very clipped and like spacey i was she could have been an alien you could have told me <laughs> if she was a crossover third of the sun and i would be like i guess i just looked it up she was 55 when this when this episode was done God, she was very young when she married elvis yeah 67 she married him, no, she, she married him in in 67 so she was 22 Jeez, because like 55 know. is she yeah that's when you say like elvis's wife i'm thinking 70s even though that's insane that's not at all accurate for 1999 he dated um, an elvira mistress of the dark he did yeah that was something that she talks about wait before or after priscilla after yeah because yeah. yeah so yeah uh he i could see that uh so it's just it's a weird <laughs> it's an awkward situation is that is he's awkward she's awkward it's two people kind of that have like found their level i i'm like thumbs up for him like this is cool like yeah like go for it with go, yeah have have a good time uh it's just there were there's just a lot of a lot of questions because honestly like I was like, oh, well, she's conning him. Like, they're going to find out that she's actually... Because I've watched sitcoms before. I know that if a 50-year-old woman on a sitcom says I'm a virgin, she's 100% conning the person. Like, (laughs) this is not... And the fact that she wasn't... Oh, the other thing I wanted to know. So, he doesn't he call Stuart for, like, advice or something? Stuart calls him. Okay, right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then asks to talk to Priscilla Presley (laughs) and... He's trying to keep it under wraps, but he, of course, he's naive and silly and just goes, oh, yeah, she's over here and hands her the phone. And he's like, oh, no, now Stuart knows. Alan Ruck knows. Yeah. And so Uh, while Alan Ruck is on the phone, he's getting a massage at work by unnamed extra. So in theory, his like an intern, an aide. It's just like a Maybe it's like a service like we used to have at our old office Maybe. where people came in and, and like bring in like food. Maybe they give in massages. At yeah. Work. I, it's I just like look, me. I don't work in New York politics. I, I don't yeah, know those offices shady are like. stuff, you know, you know, just like it being in 2022 and like, you know, hearing all of the allegations made against old Governor Cuomo and whatnot. It's It's just very wild watching a sitcom set in like the mayor's office where just an unnamed woman is giving a theoretically a co-worker a massage like a deep massage there are literally chapters in sexual harassment training uh, that talk about massages and yeah <laughs> yeah it so comes it's up like every time you watch one of those videos massages so it's one of those like 
Yep, 90s were a different time. Uh, it goes to show, to show that Alan Ruck is a seedy, seedy, yes. scuzzy. He's a John Larroquette. If you watch yeah. Night Court, he's a John Larroquette type. Um, uh, so now the next scene is between Owen and Michael, and that's where we find out that Owen is over. He's like super religious. And I like Michael J. Fox says, uh, you know, I you know. I, yeah, I thought I would find religion when I'm older and looking to cut a deal. It's a good line. <laughs> good line. <laughs> but, uh, but Christopher Lloyd says that he is the Messiah. He uh, is the one. He yeah. is he. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, that's there's no stepping away from that. <laughs> is that something that would happen more at the end of the millennium? That you 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 get. I don't remember it happening. I remember like news articles and various things, but like people coming around and saying like it is the end of the the age. I am. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know myself, so I know that Buster Rhymes thought that the world was going to end. Um, I remember <laughs> reading a Rolling Stone article. I don't know if it was like a, a quote roundup of like what do the top forty stars say about. 2000 i know that buster end. buster rhymes was like stocking up on canned goods it's always stuck with me but he probably uh, really really fast because i was so good at that yeah i was worried i was I, I was worried about the apocalypse same thing happened in 2012 i just am a worrier uh well and also heaven's gate was a 2000 thing uh they like they, they thought around, that like was, that that was going to be the i think it was a, around then and yeah. david koresh was how many years before that yeah so you know christopher lloyd owen is just right in that train of like 2000s yeah. coming and i'm the messiah <laughs> so uh, he's he sprinkles some like holy water on stewart because he's like a dark soul or something like does he say like he's evil or um yeah it's I did write that this is a perfect part for Christopher Lloyd, which is why I said like this could be written for anyone, but it is perfect for Christopher Lloyd. Knowing what he, how he played it in Taxi. Yes, because I was Jim thinking this is very Reverend Jim. Uh, we also have the most shocking scene of the episode before the next act break, Wait, which is, is Richard oh. Kind is rubbing the tummy of rags. And I was I literally again, Rich. So here are my notes. Richard Kind rubbing a tummy. Love this. Okay, now he's rubbing it on himself, which, no. Impales the dog, WTF? <laughs> like, so this to, one to put, little scene, it goes. <laughs> to put that, to put that in, in narrative sense, Richard Kind is rubbing the dog's belly with medicine, puts the dog on the ground, gets it in his head. Maybe I can use some of this medicine. Opens his shirt up, <laughs> sticks yeah. his hand and starts rubbing his... his uh, uh, his stomach abdomen area. Reaches, reaches for more medication because he's kind of, he, he doesn't have enough on his fingers, knocks a statue of Liberty, Liberty. off the shelf, which crushes, not impales. I know. Like at first, cause like it was a pointy thing and it falls down and like off screen. He's like, Oh my God. Like, and I was like, Oh, did he just impale rags? Like what that? No, he just <laughs> concussion crushed the dog. Yeah, God, I was like, I did not expect so. But also, listen, the dog is fine. We'll get to that. It's a miracle, et cetera. Um, but I just because that was like, I can't believe they did that. So how does how does Richard Kind shift the blame? Uh, he closes he, the door. Carter knocks on the door to check on rags. Richard Kind <laughs> puts the dead body, which is obviously a stuffed. Toy. Oh, my God. It is the fakest of fake dogs. So fake. 
it's like drunk history level fake. Like they did not, they knew it was fake. They knew they could not fake it. They knew they could not make the fake because they just fully filmed this fake stuffed dog. Like it is so obvious. It's uh, it's Bradley Cooper with the fake baby. Yeah. Remember that? So, <laughs> yeah. He, God. so what he, what, what Richard kind as Paul does is he puts rags right in front of the door. So, and then he says, Carter, come on in. Carter opens the door wide smacks the dog and richard goes you killed rags what like see now that is the kind of broad dark comedy i did not think i was going to get on spin city dark but (laughs) honestly really clever like yeah and good material for richard kind i mean because he's panicking and you want to watch richard kind panic like you want to watch richard kind play big you want him to play big because he you know he's gonna He's, he's gonna good. no matter what <laughs> that's yeah. great uh so now like the the a plot owen is like talking about like this is a big responsibility he's got a, he's got a to-do list which is like banish satan and the forces of evil build the new jerusalem and buy milk and he keeps forgetting to buy milk <laughs> he's also not very good at establishing a new jerusalem no it's he's not, not happened yet he's not done and anything. honestly like satan's still popping off you know uh he also like wants michael to help join him if he's not too busy yeah <laughs> it's this he, it's, but he, he keeps getting like asked about this millennium project which has no definition no it's, it's it's you know can you are you are you okay to talk about this in a non-religious way yeah he's like fine. yes yes i can you know well, it doesn't have it? to be no no it, well, I mean, it might as well be the Willennium Project. Hey, bah, bah, bah. Oh, <laughs> oh so, I feel, uh, so Mayor, <laughs> Oh, God, my bones are dust. I mean, honestly, a doctor told me to take a, like 11 new types of vitamins today. So, hi. I hate everything. Uh, the mayor asked how he should respond to criticism at the press conference. And like Christopher Lloyd just goes like, thou shalt smite, like just super biblical. Um but then it's like, and then also, uh, is it Barry Boswick says, thank God. And then Christopher Lloyd offhand was like, don't mention it. And that's really good. Yeah. It's, it's old jokes. So, yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Some of these jokes are a little old, but that's fine. Wait. And the guy that wrote this episode was 30 or 31. Yeah. He was 31 when it aired. So it might've, okay. he might've written it when he was a little bit younger. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. Cause I mean, these jokes don't play like they're. That was the other thing when you said that all the writers were under 29 or whatever. I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, yeah, these are well, like these are pretty stock sitcom. I mean, like not in a bad way, but it's very just like, yeah, hitting those hitting those notes. So, in, the, in is the next scene where Mike is just just kind of pouring out his heart to Connie Britton? Yes, who also does it so like? Okay, if you're, we've all had Friday Night Lights holds a very special place in my heart. I watched all what, six seasons. Uh, 2011 as I was coming out to my my parents after being in the closet for a long time and it was like a really cathartic binge while I hate football but man it just like oh lord <laughs> uh, and then Connie Britton just like the perfect southern mom perfect hair that the mane the like the huge gold perfect mane so seeing her on this with like that short like yeah. Felicity season two haircut like the short <laughs> curls i was like oh that's connie Britton. whoa that's wild she didn't have enough to do in this unfortunately i i no. would have liked to seen a lot more of her they had a they had a conversation about like you know well you said you were a god four times on the kitchen counter last night but i'm like you know 
sex. They had sex four times. In the yeah, counter. that's it, it's not giving her enough to do, and it is kind of yeah. kind of kneecapping her a little bit. Which... I need to watch more of the Connie Britton episodes. Um, and then now but, she's uh, she did Nashville. She went she went back to the oh southern God. stuff. But she's like Nashville. Oh, oh, uh, we should. Okay, we need to do. Have you ever watched Nashville? I've never watched Nashville. There's an episode where a closeted country music singer tries to commit suicide by train railroad tracks. Why are <laughs> <laughs> we're like Spin City, Christopher Lloyd, yeah. Vince God, and you're like, let's watch a thing where uh, where a guy. I mean, it's also fun. Like I bring it up because like when that, when that happened, my husband and I just started laughing so because like the show is just like next level. It's a Gotham level, just like. These plot points are wild. We should, we, uh, we should do like we should do like a like a, a separate YouTube channel for must have seen TV trigger warning, which is just yeah, like just, those episodes. There's nothing but horrible things happening to people. Uh, so, bu- 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 so yeah, we get another scene with the James is. This is the other thing. All three of these plots are okay. The dog plot, maybe not so much, but like the fact that we are now going back to James, who is trying to figure out how to sleep with, take, like, take Priscilla Presley's virginity. Weird. He asked Alan Ruck, How many women have you slept with? And Ruck's like, Roughly. And he's like, I don't care how you did it, you sicko. It's like, That was good. I love that. I, I wrote yeah. that line down. I'm like, That's that's a good line. Yeah. Roughly. <laughs> I don't care how you did it. You think yeah, that was really good. <laughs> But then they tell him to rent nine and a half weeks, which I only really know about nine and a half weeks from uh, you must remember this um, sex in the 80s uh, podcast series. So I don't really know. I just know that it's a sexy 80s movie. I I never saw it. I know. I don't know. But apparently there's a strip tease sequence. I mean, we can finish out this plot because the so like the, we cut to he's rented nine and a half weeks. He's going to do a strip tease for Priscilla Presley, but it turns out that he rented you want all to say we- the name? They're all wearing the same clothes that they were two days yes. ago. <laughs> so it's all a little bit smellier, a little bit stiffer. Uh, but he's rented instead of nine and a half weeks, he got nine and a half weeks to learn banjo. He wanted to get the soundtrack, but instead he got, yeah. He wanted to, and then he says, I want to do a strip tease for you, like in the movie, nine and a half weeks. And he does it. And he he just ends up wearing more clothes under like he's it's one of those he things. He takes off he, his pants and he's wearing boxers that might as well be pants. And he, he takes off his shirt and he's wearing a, a like a a t shirt underneath it. So he's he's got multiple layers on. This is yeah planned or this this is just the the sitcom conceit I'm, of you know when someone takes off their clothes they have to be you know not obviously not naked. Yes, I'm really glad that we as a society though have moved away from the. Uh, huge parachute boxer shorts that were so popular in the 90s where it's just like that is a that's too much fabric that's too much fabric to be putting under literally we saw the same pants white gigantic boxers in bosom buddies last week yeah (laughs) it's a a trope at this point we've moved on um so he does a weird fast strip tease to banjo music which you know credit to james the actor that's a fun little bit of business he gets to do fast strip tease um but Stuart has told stacy about this she comes in and just like is she her aunt's guardian i don't i don't think so i don't think there's uh, Priscilla Presley is just a naive girl from out of town. 
who is <laughs> who was married to Elvis in real life? Who was married I, to Elvis? I, and and I, I would love it if I if I go and watch the episode before this and they also just don't explain it. <laughs> I'm, wait, so if they did a couple literally only two back to the future zingers in this one there's probably one joke about elvis or the king oh yeah 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 the previous episode is a new year's eve episode so so there's probably something um so like back in the a plot uh the mayor oh i did like this that like oh early on uh owen says that like one of his like uh, always his strategies was like, well, you pick off the weakest one, give him a weird nickname and just like, you know, make fun of him until they drop out or something. And then he inexplicably calls Michael J. Fox snack pack, <laughs> which I like because then in the later, later in the scene, when the mayor's walking to the press conference, he calls Michael J. Fox snack pack. <laughs> I was like, that's, I like that. Do you want to, do you want me to go with the, the deepest detail that I noticed in this? And it's about snacks. Oh Yeah. Is that there's a scene where two people, Michael J. Fox and and Christopher Lloyd, are at a snack machine, and to get by the copyright laws, the snacks in the vending machine are N and N's and Tarburst and <laughs> I think Dorito. <laughs> do they have like electrical tape over random letters, or do they I, actually? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they, they I love that. Which you can what you probably didn't notice that on your your CRT television back yeah. in. 19- nine now things are in an ultra high def you can notice tarburst yeah so i didn't i didn't understand i don't know if my attention was drawn elsewhere or what but i didn't understand the so they go to the press conference they open the door and it's just the final supper and christopher lloyd is standing in the center between a whole bunch of men in suits who are like posed like the apostles When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What is that? And then they ended the scene. Like, yeah, I, they ended this like there was no. And none, the other thing is like none of those men were moving. And, and none of them were. They didn't linger on it, though. It was just kind of like they flashed over to him like, oh, cool. And then they like flashed away kind yeah. of quickly. It, it didn't. The, the joke did not hit. Gentle reader. It was it a. <laughs> it was a setup with no punchline because yeah. they should have been asked like like the whoever is poser should have just been like. So what do you have to say about claims that the police department will be overstretched during this millennium project? Like actually ask like a serious <laughs> question, but while like posed like I don't know Peter John Paul like whatever. The, 
Is it, you know, the, you hold Very the, weird. You hold the glow um, fingers up. So then we get the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the rags the, the, montage. Yeah. So like Carter is mourning the dog, Reginald R. Ragamuffin the third. He's the only dog that could say his initials are, um, and so then they have like so many years of memories. And then it is literally a montage of just rags, uh, licking outlets and wearing Santa antlers and just, just like all these moments. Like he was a supporting character on the show. Three seasons worth of rags. Yeah, there's so much rags at once. Uh, to to then, Ario Speedwagon. Oh, I didn't even clock what I song it was. I got this feeling. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> which is beautiful. Perfect. Ario, Ario Speedwagon was an 80s band, and, and they were still kind of... They, they started falling a little by 1999, so them bringing that back up was actually probably a really good joke at yeah. the time. Now they've gone through like a resurgence and like the Donna's have covered them and like yeah you know, they play state fairs a lot. So they're still around. They're <laughs> from they're from, they're from uh Champaign, which is uh Megan's hometown. Ah, Illinois. Or she didn't she didn't she's outside of yeah. Champaign. But yeah, there's an REO Speedwagon like boulevard. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Only the fastest wagons allowed on this boulevard. Uh and then Richard Kine just shout, shouts, he's not going to hell. I think it was like him saying like he's not he, like he's trying to reassure himself that he is not going to go to hell for murdering this dog and then making his own lie about it. But it is a big choice. Richard Kine only goes big. Yeah, that's what he's known for. Bing bong. <laughs> uh, and so now to, to wrap up. Uh, Owen takes his uh, himself off the Millennium Project. Wait, why does he do that? It, it just got too religious. It, uh, it, I yeah. think that he's he realizes he's not cut out for it. That's so pretty he, much what it is. Yeah, well, again, it's like kind of like a lot, just like just tied up. We're at twenty five minutes. Get out like twenty one minutes or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so he on his way out, uh, Carter is mourning Rags's dead body in a cardboard box, the kind you would get to take your files out if you've been fired. And on his way out, Owen just like touches and rubs Rags's belly. Rags is resurrected. He pops up out of the thing with his little stupid tongue hanging out. It's like it's it's literally the the, the tuxedo mask meme. It's the uh, <laughs> my work here is done, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> You're just like goodbye. <laughs> Christopher like, Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd did nothing. He Millennium Project up. went nowhere. He resurrected rags. That's all he was really there to do was to because he resurrects rags and they turn and he's standing at the exit and the light is shining on him from above. And then the dog Regis Philbin as the dog's voiceover says, oh, man, I just can't catch a break because the dog wants to die. (laughs) Which is a really weird running joke. But <laughs> because in the montage, they do show a couple times where Rags has also tried to off himself, just licking all sorts of electrical outlets, standing uh, standing by an open window. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a running gag. So the the post credits are like the the stinger at the end while the credits are rolling. Like Paul is mourning. He's so like just really just wondering if he should do something. But then hey, Rags comes in. And he bites Richard Kind, and then Richard Kind yells, I did it once and I'll do it again. And then Carter sees that. Uh-oh, yeah. And then we got Sit Ubu Sit, which 
I think is as iconic as all of Spin City. Is <laughs> just the, the <laughs> sit production Ubu company Sit Sit Ubu Sit. That's uh, that's Stephen Cannell throwing the paper over his shoulder, and then it becomes the big C, the big animated C at the end of the A team. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sit Ubu Sit. Are you ready for some must-have facts about this? Give me some facts. Oh, the hot, uh, only the hottest facts. So this episode of Spin City was ranked number 17 for the week, watched by 15.25 million people. <laughs> uh, I I miss the monoculture. I'll I'll just say it. I don't care. Oh, uh, uh did, so but you are one of those 15.25. You could have made was, it 15.25000001. I was in college. And I was probably doing other things in February of 1999. See, people. Okay. Oh, oh, and we also in February 1999, we also didn't have cable or any kind of basic cable. We just watched DVDs and VHS all the time. Oh, my God. I mean, this rats me out as having as being lame. But like a lot of people say, like, oh, I lost track when I went to college. I I I watched ER through college. Y'all like at least. Up until when uh, Paul McCrane got his arm. No, I think got crushed by the helicopter. But like, I mean, I think I was still watching Home Improvement at this time because when I rewatched Home Improvement, I was like, at some point I stopped watching this show and it got to the final season. I was like, I remember all these episodes. I think I watched (laughs) Home Improvement up until the end. So I never like college didn't stop me. (laughs) College was some of the best television Um, for my freshman year. We, I lived in Philadelphia at art, went to art school and what we would do is we would, we had the living room we five of us in an apartment and our friend Jake Greenwald would come visit who is uh, currently uh, the artist of Pink Panther. Jake's awesome. Ah. Um, and so we would sit around the TV and we'd all have our art projects and we would work through various things and we would just watch the same VHS tapes over and over again. So that was the year of, we watched a lot of Mulan. We watched Big Lebowski at least 29 times. I've seen it 36. Um, Adam Sandler films, just things you could put on and and laugh about. And you didn't have to have your full attention because you were just working on art projects over and over and over again. Because this is even before like TV on DVD, like before streaming, like TV on DVD was the thing of like you put in the disc and you just let it go for four to six episodes. And then you get up at like the VHS, you know, that's a you have to be kind of rewind. You have to have the separate VHS rewinder next to the VCR (laughs) so that you don't have to stop watching anything. We had a West Coast video down one street and a TLA video. But we were so poor that the TLA video required a hundred dollar deposit, like a security deposit, and we couldn't swing a hundred dollars to rent VHS to rent tapes. VHS tapes. So we'd go to the West Coast video. Um, I've never heard of this before. Yeah, but TLA video. The only times that I went in there was if someone else had an account or when I met John Waters. Ah, he was doing a signing there. So I have a signed copy of Pink Flamingos uh, in a box downstairs. Oh, man. Uh, So the top five uh, shows that aired this week of television. Number five was the Grammy Awards. Uh, Number four is something that I think you're going to have a lot to probably say about is the 1999 version of Alice in Wonderland that aired on ABC. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. The Martin Short version. Yes. Uh, then three was Frasier, two was Friends, the Pivot episode, and number one was ER. So we're still in the height of must-see TV, Frasier, Friends, ER. Ethan, what is up with that 1999 Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> you know, it's it was well, very well produced. Um, I think I would say it might be overproduced, but I think that it it it, it did a disservice by being short. Ah, uh, was it uh, not was a multi thought. multi-night event? I don't, it might've been, but I don't think it was. I think that it was, it was a, like a great cast, but by not the best adaptation by far. Oh, it looks like it was, um, because it looks like it's very much in the Merlin style Yeah. because like, this is the thing like in the, in the, like the late nineties, the networks started just going nuts with the big budget. Your your Gulliver's Travel starring Ted Danson. <laughs> now I have to look it, it up. Yeah, your Merlin starring Sam Neill, which I have watched recently as part of my quest to watch everything Sam Neill has done. And it is uh, choices. It looks like a six hour music video, which I'm assuming that's probably what the Alice in Wonderland <laughs> looks like. Yeah, it's it. it, it, got, it I remember it had that sheen to it, that gloss to it. It had a great yeah. hat. Like it was a great cast and love Martin short, but you know, I don't know. It's well, Mar- Martin short was also in Merlin. Uh, maybe won an Emmy for Merlin actually, or at least nominated. It was, uh, a great, it was such a great cast though. You got, so I did. Who yeah. was the Mad Hatter in that? It was Martin short. Oh, duh. Obviously who else would he play? <laughs> uh, yeah, but still my favorite. TV Mad Hatter or movie Mad Hatter Peter Cook in the 1967 version. Okay. Choice. So good. Good. Uh, so also I did. I looked up newspaper articles about Spin City from this week. Nothing at all, except if you lived in the, I guess, tri-state area. Richard Kind was going to be at the Roosevelt Field Mall reading books to kids as part of Reading Fun Day on Saturday. Why couldn't I have lived in the tri-state area? <laughs> so it was it was like him and um, the, more, the Dougie Fresh, I think, from uh, the Co- Cosby, the second Cosby sitcom and like someone. It was like three like sitcom actors of the time were going to be reading kids books to kids at the mall. And Richard Kind was one of them. And can you imagine? Oh, uh, those kids were so lucky. Those kids are so lucky. You Take were one of the kids. kids. You were I mean, so those, lucky. Those kids are now like probably 30. So I'm like, hey, kids, let us know if you were at the Roosevelt Field Mall on uh, February like 27th, 1999. <laughs> 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 or, or if you were there then and just heard like a mysterious booming voice somewhere that was Richard Kind. reading curious george yeah uh the abc tuesday night lineup that this aired as part of was home improvement the hughley's deal hughley's show yeah, uh, spin show. city sports night and nypd blue uh so i watched home improvement and sports night uh yeah which is crazy to me <laughs> i at the same time i am deficient I have not watched. I mean, I, I've seen a couple episodes of of Home Improvement because that's that's regularly syndicated. Oh, you mean, it's probably on right now. Yeah. Um, but I've seen I, every episode of Home Improvement just like dozens of times. It feels like 
I never saw I, I never saw the the Hughleys. I never saw Sports Night. I never saw NYPD Blue. I am a deprived. What yeah, yeah. Doing? Go what watch Sports doing Night. In, I, I was in college and starving, yeah. and I also, you know I don't think Sports Night holds up, people. No? I mean, it's Sorkin, and after when I, I watched that supercut of like Sorkinisms. Where they show like the like five to ten lines of dialogue, his pet phrases that he has uh, in every single show he writes all back to back. And I was like, oh my God, he really does have his tricks. Well, you gotta um, play the hits. Gotta play the hits. Yeah. Okay. So now what are you watching? Uh on ABC tonight, Spin City is on, or on NBC is just shoot me. Uh CBS has Too Rich, The Secret Life of Doris Duke. Just a uh, TV movie. Fox has Guinness World Records, which I believe is probably just people trying to break Guinness World Records on television. <laughs> and uh, the WB is airing Felicity. I am probably watching Spin City. Oh, real? Okay. I watch. I did. I watched Just Shoot Me, and I probably would still watch Just Shoot Me over all of them. Spin City had just such a great cast. Uh uh, but um, just shoot me head, David Spade and Wendy Malick and George Siegel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But Alan Ruck, yeah. Brian Bostwick, uh, Enrico Colantoni, uh, uh, Laura Giacomo. I do like that. Um, this at this time period, you can either watch uh, one blustery gray haired dimwit on Spin City or another blustery gray haired dimwit on Just Shoot Me, George <laughs> Siegel and Barry Boswick, both playing like kind of the same kind of character. George Siegel has passed away, but we still have Barry Boswick. I know. And I love George Siegel uh, and I love Barry Boswick. He's on a really uh, he's on a Christmas episode of New Girl that I watch every single year. He was the voice uh, of the mayor in Incredibles 2, which we saw in the theater together. Oh, God. Yeah. When was that? Incredibles 2 came out of a bajillion years ago. It was the, um, the before times. It was. Yeah, I can't, it all bleed. Everything bleeds together. Life is meaningless. Have you been to a theater in the last year? Like, yes, I, because I've seen, uh, hey, I saw Jurassic World Dominion in the theater. I quarantined intentionally because you're bringing Sam Neill back as Alan Grant on the big screen. I am there. I am there. I, I had to have my husband with me. <laughs> like People had to be with me. <laughs> Because it was going to be a ride, and it was. And it was right. And now it's streaming on Peacock, and I endorse it. It is the <laughs> second best Jurassic movie, which is speaking <laughs> low of all the other ones. A lot of people do that. I do that. They're not good. That's what people complaining about Jurassic World Dominion. I'm like, did you see Fallen Kingdom? Did you see Jurassic, War- Jurassic Park 3? I didn't see. Uh, I've seen the first three. And then none of the others or the TV series, Camp Cretaceous. You're fine. It's, it's so it's like when people were dogging on it, I'm like, this this fran- this isn't exactly a good franchise. <laughs> it's a fun action movie with dinosaurs and Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum. And I laughed, and it was ridiculous, and I it was fine. <laughs> and that's and sometimes that's all you need. That's, that's sometimes all I that's need. All, sometimes that's all you need out of a sitcom is Spin City makes you laugh and. Christopher Lloyd shows up. Priscilla Presley shows up. But you know what? You're having a good time. They don't overshadow anybody else. Everybody does their part. Everyone can hold their own. It was a great, uh, great episode. 100, 177 users on IMDb rated this episode an 8.5. Higher, lower. 
I may go a little bit lower with it. How many of yeah. that also just people wanting to watch Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox? That together? seems like it would get an artificial boost just because yeah. of that reason. So, I mean, I would say 7.5. I might give it a 7. 7.7. Yeah, 7. yeah 7. it's around 7. in there. Um, who had the must-see performance of this episode? Uh, uh, that's I've a solid s- question. I've already said mine. It's Richard Kind's mouth. I was just going to say Richard Kind. <laughs> and he didn't even have a lot to do this episode. It wasn't even an episode about him. You know, it just the captivating. Honestly, like Michael J. Fox, we haven't talked about hardly at all because he doesn't really have a lot to do in this episode, despite being one half of the iconic duo you're wanting to see reunited. He has a he has, it's Michael J. Fox. He has a natural boyish effervescent charm and cool that you love. And I, it bears mentioning that when he left the show, uh, they did point out that he went to Washington, D.C. to work with Alex P. Keaton. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> it was a laugh oh, at but, the back kind of thing. Okay. But, but that, wait, I, because Alex P. Keaton is a, is a nightmare. Like, if you go back and watch Family Ties now, it's like, yeah. oh, this, like, this is this is who Brett Kavanaugh was. I mean, like it's, <laughs> he is like hard on for Nixon, just like super. And again, like it's weird to say, well, at the time, like, yeah, Nixon committed crimes and could have gone to jail and did it, but like, it was funny. And and now it's like, no, that was serious. <laughs> that was a serious it's, problem. It's serious. Then it's serious now. It's serious now. And it was, uh, yeah. So, okay. Hey, S- Siri, stop. Why, why is Siri turning on? <laughs> Stop. I'm not saying anything. Um, I need to turn that off. It keeps getting I don't triggered. have it set up on this laptop. I don't I thought I didn't either. <laughs> it's never activated until twice tonight. Uh, anyway, um, must other people see this episode? I mean, there's probably a better Spin City episode to start with. I'm thinking the same thing. And this is this is me coming back to Spin City after not watching it for probably 25 to plus years. Like it, it was fine. It was funny. I'm sure there are better episodes that are probably rated like not 8.5 on, on IMDb. Like you want one. That's just the cast and you want to see the cast. This, this was very dependent on guest stars. And so I didn't really get a feel for like what any of the female characters like are like. None. <laughs> really? None. I, I kind of have an idea of who Stacy is. And it's not even like something. This wasn't a show that had a guest star every week. This wasn't. No, yeah, this wasn't a Simpson. Will and Grace. Yeah, yeah, where it was just somebody new stopping by. You know, oh, my friend William Shatner's here. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know, they never. It wasn't the kind of show they didn't. Yeah. They didn't have that budget. No. And yeah, so I would much rather. I would like to go see probably like a season two episode, one or like late one season two episode of like just the cast and just Are really. You- are you saying that I picked a bad episode, Brett? <laughs> no. Yes. How dare. No. Uh, Cause it's fun. It, honestly, seeing Christopher Lloyd again, just an MVP, go back and listen to, we did. Um, oh God. Reverend Jim, a space odyssey. I think it's the taxi episode that I did. It was like one of the first 10 episodes that I did. So like a plus Jim is great. Uh, and Christopher Lloyd is amazing. And is honestly, just an icon, an icon. When you think of like all of his movie roles that he did from like what 85 or like 83 to like 93. Yeah. It's just 
the kind of like untouchable streak that uh, that we never see anymore. Just like Back to the Future's Clues, Adam's Family, uh, Roger Rabbit, like <laughs> unbelievably good work. He's in he's uh he's in the new Spirit Halloween film. Uh, they're making a movie about the spirit Halloween store being haunted. I suspect that he dies early on because it's in the trailer. <laughs> okay, cool. But, but he's in it. Well, last year, he was in a Hallmark movie that also starred Leah Thompson, and it was not bad for a Hallmark movie. It was about a time-traveling train. Last year, they uh, they brought him on the that uh, Disney Plus show about all the props. For all right. Movies. They had some stuff from... Uh, Roger Rabbit, and he got to react to that. Good, yeah. We Chris Christopher Lloydessance, please. Uh, but yeah, I mean that is our first foray into the world of Spin City. We'll do more for sure. I'm sure. Um, uh, yeah. Either where can people find you on the internet to talk about Spin City and only Spin City? Well, now you can find us on YouTube at Must Have Seen TV. Just look it up. Um, you can find me personally on on Instagram, Ethan K fifty five. I post pictures of cats. I post pictures of goofy stuff I found around the the world, um, and sometimes memes. Yeah, how about Hot, you? Hottest of memes. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White. If you want to see pictures of me dressed as a woman, you can follow me at, at Barb Hardly, uh, and you can also interact with the podcast at, at Must Have Seen TV on Twitter and Instagram. You can also comment on any of the videos that are on YouTube. Search for Must Have Seen TV. We're there. Um, and we'll and if you leave a review in iTunes, we will read them on the air uh, as long as they're uh, positive or if they're very bad, but also funny, then we'll make fun of you. Yeah, well, <laughs> so we're trying. This is free well, content. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, and uh, until then, uh, read the words that are right at decider.com. Uh, thanks to ACAST for hosting this. And thanks to. Thanks to YouTube, I guess, although they don't need my thanks. <laughs> but <laughs> no, who does need my thanks? The listeners and viewers. Thanks to everybody. And we'll see you next time on Must Have Seen TV. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.